Are you ready? A Shot of Wrestling. Episode 270. And away we go. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more razor. Rick Flair, Nature Boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, taking over for Michael J. Putty for another episode of Shot of Wrestling. This is my show now. I run this place. And of course, I have some say as far as who's going to host with me. And who, 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 who's going to be? I could have picked anyone at all. And I went to a person who I know is very passionate about wrestling, who's been to quite a bit of wrestling events, who actually at one point did work for WWE. My man, Kevin Wood, what is up, brother? Hey, man, how's it going? Thank you for having me on this week. It's it's a pleasure to be uh, here on Shot of Wrestling. Uh, my first episode with you guys. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, shout out to all the prior uh, co-hosts who were not as good as me and can't hold my jockstrap. Love or, it. Or whatever the podcast equivalent of a jockstrap is. My, headphones. My iPhone headphones. Headphones. That would work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, jockstrap headphones. Same thing. Same now, idea. I see wearing a CM Punk shirt. We're going to get to that later. Probably sitting Indian style. I hope. Now. I actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Kevin, been a bit. Last time we saw each other was actually at a shot of wrestling watch party for the Royal Rumble 2020 before the world shut down. Uh, what a time. What a what time. A January time. and February 2020. What a weird, uh, what a weird time. That was a crazy day because uh, we're talking before, uh, before we got everything set up here about how Kobe Bryant had died that day. Yeah. Like and, literally that afternoon. Yeah. Like the mood was incredibly somber, you know, because you know Kobe Bryant. I mean, a legend, goat, uh, you know, on the court and off the court. So people had a lot of different emotions going on there. And then, of course, you know, to to kind of like you know have a feel good moment, we had the grand return of Edge. Yeah, yeah, I think he was number 27 or 28 and there had been I, I remember at the time that there had been like like a handful of rumors out there about him like coming back and i and, and i i weirdly like didn't believe them i kind of was like this guy like broke his neck like it like why would he and like what's there left for him to do to come wasn't back? believable he, at all you would hope that you, you you do hope you want to see it happen but you know with you know the severe neck injury that he had and you're right i mean the age and the, the how long he's been away from the ring uh, semi-successful acting career going on you know it just like it just didn't make sense and there's yeah. really nothing else he could have done but here we are and I, I just remember uh i think it was bull dempsey was there former nxt bull uh star bull dempsey. Bull, J- bull james 
Bull James. Yes, I was going to say I, I can't remember what his what his non uh, NXT name was, uh, but I remember sitting next to him and I'm like, hey, like I like also used to work for WWE and worked on this NXT documentary and we're chatting and then you hear that you think you know me and it just that was the end of our conversation. It's like bull, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that was a that was a great time. I, I as a uh, also a, a 49ers fan, I remember the the next week uh, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. I was very excited about it at the time, and I never want to talk about that again. Anyway, uh, anyway, yes, it is it is great being on with you. Uh, yeah. Now yeah, here's man. here here's something for everyone. Um, you know, the whole getting to know you type of thing here for for our listeners. Okay. Uh, Kevin, you uh, you took me to my very first NXT show. Yeah, yeah, uh, August 2016. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I was I was living in in Brooklyn at the time. Uh, I don't remember what the specific circumstances. Do you do you remember the circumstances of like how we met? We met because uh, I was I was cast for a TV show or a web series, or whatever it was. Yes, Comedy Central, Alternatino, Alternatino. It's like a show now. I think is at it, the time it was like a digital short, and now it's like a show. Show. I or got a, re- I, I got a residual check like the other week for it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like right now it's like peanuts. Um, but no, like uh, yeah, you were a PA for that, and like you were wearing, you were wearing a wrestling shirt, and I forgot it was a cactus which cactus jack shirt. It was cactus jack shirt. That's what it was, and I saw that. Um. I don't know which PA you were. You talent PA? I, I forget because like we were oh, talking quite a bit that day. Yeah, I think it, I think I might have been like the talent wrangler, or whatever. And I, the thing that I like vividly remember about that was that like I think I got I got in trouble because I was like supposed to do something, and I was like off in the corner with you. And we're probably just like yeah, that's fuck right, Roman Reigns or something. That's like, right. Wait, and I, I felt I so bad. I, what's that? Can I? I can. Can I swear? On oh, this? you can or, curse. Go ahead. Oh, go for it. Fuck, fuck away. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 no. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I it looked like you appeared. They were getting in some sort of trouble, and I, I was like, feel so bad. I was like, oh, dude, I, I'm like talking this guy's ear off <laughs> about wrestling, <laughs> um, because it, you know, I, there's not really a whole much I have to do other than like you know, get into wardrobe, get into makeup, uh, and like you know, I, I only think I had like one or two lines. So that was like a more so like an improvised show too. I, it was, it was the, it was, there was like a lot of like sparse details that I remember yeah. about it, but I think it was like some weird sort of like talk show segment. The one that I specifically like met you at. I uh, remember uh, makeup got me so fucked up with my eyes. They did something with my eyes and they returned like bloodshot. And I've been in plenty of sets before uh, where, you know, I'd go through hair and makeup and all that uh they, they would do stuff around my eyes or whatever and i'd be fine For yeah. this one i vividly remember because like it, it, you, like the whole other makeup crew came over someone else came over i think you were there my my friend um jaime who's uh, another actor there came over it was like dude what the fuck taking pictures of this like your eyes terminator style like it was oh. insane that's a i mean that's a that's a shame because i actually do remember that it's funny, like when I when I worked more on set, like for some reason I would always I would get along with some people more than others. Sometimes actors, talent, whatever. I would always always get along with the makeup people the most. They were always like yeah. the coolest people. And then oh, I'm just so like, oh, awesome, I so been, awesome. 
I should have been meaner to those people. It's like, you fucked up his eye, man. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, listen, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was some something they used or uh, some sort of um, a chemical reaction or whatever. Something happened. I, I don't blame the actual makeup people. Uh, makeup people, like, like you said, uh, the most awesome people on set. Same with hair. I always vibe with them very, very well. My mom actually for 40 plus years she just retired recently uh taught hair and makeup and all that so like you know i have nothing but love uh for those departments there they're they're awesome they're rock stars now kevin you know we kind of touched on this i feel like we kind of breezed by i don't want to move on to news before we talk about this you worked at wwe at one point let's talk a little bit about that i did i worked for wwe uh, I worked for them pretty con- pretty consistently from like I'd say March to about the fall of 2015, and then sporadically like I'd work like an event backstage or if they were doing like, a shoot here and there until about like 2017. Uh, at which point the the two people who were my contacts there stopped working there, and I haven't uh, been back since. Uh, but yeah, uh, 2015, I was living in San Francisco. Uh, they had WrestleMania at uh, Levi Stadium where the 49ers played that year. I had like one connection to somebody who knew somebody who worked there and they were shooting the, um, I think it was the first or the second, the WWE 24 that they did on Roman Reigns. Mm. So I got hired for that as, as a PA and I had to drive around the Bay Area for a week, like finding locations for them to shoot at. Uh, I had to spend a day hanging, like there was a day, there's a, a scene in that where Roman Reigns is like walking around Levi Stadium. And I basically was like, spent the day hanging out with the uh, the producer, uh, Heather Mitchell, shout out to, to her, um, and Roman Reigns and his wife, Galena, and their daughter at the time, he only had one daughter this before he had like, I think he has like two sets of twins now, which is absurd. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like twice. Like, (laughs) um, but yeah, uh, I literally spent a day like hanging out with them. And because of that, uh, I did that and I worked backstage at the Hall of Fame. That was its own story. Uh, And through that, I started working at the the office for a few months, uh, working on uh, just like different stuff that they were doing on the network. Uh, the Tough Enough that they did in 2015. I think that's the last Tough Enough that they did. That, that was the last Tough Enough, yeah. Uh, I, that was like the big thing that I worked on there, which uh, in hindsight is crazy because they have like all of these like submission videos of people who didn't even make it on the show. I think one of them was like MJF. Uh, Chelsea Green. What? One of, the, no. one of the talents in TNA, I think was on that show. And then meanwhile, the people who won the show like are completely out of wrestling wait so mjf uh, had a submission mjf had a submission there's other people and chelsea green that, had a submission as well i think chelsea green was like one of the contestants i I, I might be mistaken on that but velveteen dream was the other one yeah velveteen dream one yeah um <laughs> awkward yeah uh, yeah very awkward yeah um yeah mandy yeah. rose uh mandy rose yes Son- sonia uh, deville Met Mandy Rose at one point. She was very cool and also like insanely hot. Like, oh my god. Uh, she's yeah. apparently, um, uh, you know, doesn't live too far from me in Westchester. 
But yes, yeah, and as a fitness model and everything, I, I, I may or may not have done research on her uh, through social media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there and and yeah, there was MJF is the is the one that like I immediately am thinking of. But there there was there was other ones too that were just kind of like it's it's weird to think like they're out in the ether back then in like 2015 and now uh they're stars i think they're but but it, again like none of these are popping up like to the front of my head but you know if you're in the audience and you're curious about this i'm sure you can throw it in your google machine and there's probably there's probably some someone else like i don't i can't even think of who but there, there's still, other people that's just wild to me man uh because mjf is so fucking good i know uh, you know, know, but I, I, you know what? It, it's probably a blessing disguise that he didn't go on to WWE in any capacity. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he was a uh, he was an extra at one point, but I, I feel like he would he wouldn't be the MJF that we know today, uh, who is a no, rising star. And this can be we can have like a longer discussion later about sort of like the changes that are happening in NXT. But yeah, it is like a thing where um, it is a it is a blessing in disguise that like I think for him. And a lot of these other people that they've had the chance to kind of come up in like the wrestling business today where there is an alternative to WWE versus 10 years ago where Tony, like, Tony Khan godsend a godsend yeah. to wrestling uh, for oh so God. many for so many reasons. I think M, MJP Michael J. Putty, I think he would disagree with me, but like, you know, this is my show now. I am the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> i just i just will make the point that like and we can get in like an AEW discussion later oh totally we definitely it will just, it just feels like the wrestling business since the fall of wcw maybe even before that maybe since the late 90s has had this problem where it felt like the people that had the vision didn't have the money and the, uh, you know ring of honor is the, the, the greatest example of that mm. impact at the end well, Impact to me was on the, the other end of it where they had the money and they had the talent, right but they didn't have the, the vision. Oh, I'm talking about like, well, oh, okay. Back, back when they TNA, had like Dixie Carter. Yeah, TNA. 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 Yeah. I, guess, no, I guess that is, there is like a distinction between Impact and, and, and TNA. A little TNA, bit. like you think about just like the absurd amount of, ta- like besides the obvious guys like AJ and Samoa Joe and whoever else, like CM Punk was in there. The Young Bucks were in there at one Matt point. Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan. Oh, dude, I was a huge bully. Bully player. Ray, Booker yeah. T, Sting, Christian Cage. I mean, the list goes on. They had phenomenal talent. And then, like, you know, Hulk Hogan and uh, the rest of the NWO group, you know, kind of made their way over. Yeah. Yeah. Things up. Yeah. So good stuff, Kevin. I'm sure, listen, I, we can go back and forth with stories all day long. Yeah, it could be a seven-hour podcast. It'll, <laughs> it'll be like the the like the like Joe Rogan podcast where they're sitting for three hours talking about like aliens and fish eyelids and stuff like that. Don't get me started on that too, man. I can go on tangents all day, but I'm the one that has to edit today, so I'm going to keep <laughs> this on track. So with that being said, we're going to get into the news. All right, Kevin. So we got some good stuff that happened this past week, man. Big week coming off from... SummerSlam, AEW, and all that jazz. Uh, but first off, as we saw SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar made his return to WWE. He has signed a new contract. Looks like he's going to be signed to 2023. He's got at least eight matches uh, that's guaranteed in his contract. Apparently, this did have to do with CM Punk. 
Uh, Fox wasn't really happy with uh, the way WWE was handling the whole CM Punk issue. Uh, apparently, they wanted CM Punk to at least have an effort to be signed. WWE obviously made no effort whatsoever uh, because of the past history. So with that being said, so the whole Brock Lesnar thing was pretty much last minute, which I did not think was the case. I thought that was something that was in the works for a bit. So they went to the well. They went to Brock Lesnar to try to appease the officials over there at Fox. Also, same with Becky Lynch, uh, which is why we have like these two major returns for SmackDown. I know USA is pissed off. WWE is trying to appease them at the same time with the draft coming up. You know, with all this talk about with the network officials, yada, yada, you know, WWE is working with Peacock, Fox, um, USA. Apparently, Fox is going to have their own streaming uh, shit coming up, too. Do the networks have a little too much say going on with wrestling, uh, especially with WWE? I feel like TNT, they kind of had some shit going on with AEW at one point, but not as much as this with what WWE is facing right now. You don't really see this with other networks, with other sports, I feel like. Um, I mean, that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective. My uh, immediate perspective when you're, t- when you're talking about this, and, I, and I've read a little bit about it, was actually like sort of the, if I can take the devil's advocate here it actually sure. makes me uh feel pretty good as somebody who started watching at the tail end of the monday night wars and stuck through wwe through like all the 2000s and all the 2010s and have seen what a wwe that has no motivation i mean they obviously have a motivation to, to do well on a certain level but i like the idea of Vince McMahon having somebody in his in his ear that can be like, no, like you need to you need you need to do more. Like, and and yes, like there there are things to talk about of like, you know, is is it worth bringing in guys like Brock Lesnar and especially Becky Lynch at the expense of the people who've been around and whatnot? But the, like, I guess that the idea of like an external force like putting pressure on Vince McMahon is something that like I kind of support okay um no that's an interesting perspective and again like I haven't spent that much time thinking about this I just again like I I've seen you know I've been there through the Katie Vick days and and the John Cena like squashing the Nexus days and stuff like that the I and just the idea that like someone can go to Vince and that like Vince and WWE can be like, oh, you know, these other things that are happening in the world aren't important. And then somebody can be like, no, they are important and you need to like do better. That something about that like makes me not completely uncomfortable. Now I'm saying that now because it's leading to like good things happening. But if there's some situation where there's something that's going on on the show that I like, and then, you know, if next week, like Roman Reigns goes back to being the Roman Reigns from 2015 to 2019, may, and it's like, oh, Fox wanted that, then we might have like a different discussion. So, yeah, like I, from, I the, sense, the, like, from, from the sense I get, and sorry to cut you off, no, uh, it doesn't seem like people at Fox fully are aware of wrestling because if they did, if they did a research, they wouldn't have been as pissed off about CM Punk because they would know there's no way in hell Vince McMahon or Triple H or anyone at at that high level is going to bring back CM Punk or nor would CM Punk would want to come back to WWE. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that is like a good point. And like, 
you know, I'm also thinking of the, the dying days of WCW and at least uh, from the perspective of someone like Eric Bischoff, he like has gone into detail about how network meddling kind of like hurt the product. And that definitely like, like people dipping their nose into WWE that have no understanding of it. People who are coming in, yes. And saying like, why can't you guys get CM Punk and being like, well, because they fired him on his wedding day. Right. Because they, uh, he insert reason here. Insert like all the reasons in the fucking world, you know, it's again, like, like I do, like I said, I, I don't hate the idea that Vince McMahon has somebody that can kind of edit him and be like, no, that's not good enough. But you know, Kevin, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I, I, I do, I do actually love your perspective. You're actually kind of winning me over with this because initially, you know, when I'm hearing news like this, I'm just like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this. It's like this, this feels kind of dirty right now. Because I was just really thinking about like, you know, NFL, MLB, NBA, and like, you know, networks, they're involved with all the networks. They, they, those networks don't really have as much impact or say as far as, you know, what they do, um, you know, from a business standpoint with those yeah. leagues. Not like this. This is like serious nitpicking right here. But, you know, Vince McMahon, I, I feel like he's, I feel like. He's grown complacent over the years, and the fact that he's not really viewing AEW, which we're going to get to in my next few points here, uh, they doesn't really view them as competition. Even still, with AEW, with like you know the rising talent, Tony Khan obviously with the budget they have, the TV network, you know they are rising stars here. AEW, AEW still within, uh, they're hitting their what the third year coming up. Yeah, yeah, third yeah, year, yeah. right? It's third they're year, third yeah. year. And, you know, already I, f- I feel like they've surpassed what WCW was when they first started. So, like, you know, you, you can't sleep on AEW. They, they have a very solid foundation, and they're only going to keep growing from here. And someone needs to keep Vince McMahon in check. So, you know, Fox, kudos to them saying, like, hey, man, you need to do something. And, you know, Vince McMahon not once but twice went to the well with Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar. Now, it seems like USA is, like, I, I, if I'm USA, I'm pissed off. Listen, I, I've been hosting your Monday Night Raw program for so long. Put up with your shit with DX. Put up with a lot of stuff here. Uh, switching to three hours. You guys are killing us right now. The ratings kind of suck. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we have this long-lasting relationship. But now you're going to do a sturdy like this? Can't blame them for being pissed off. But let's see what happens come the draft. Uh, going to yeah. be very interesting to see what happens with that relationship. Because they did switch over at one point before to uh i forgot what channel spike tv it was spike tv right it It was was... uh tnn it was the national network at the time and then it got rebranded to spike uh a few years later before spike obviously had tna yeah yeah i I was thinking that too of like they've been there for 30 years and it was like oh except for that like one they were on a break just like friends just like ross and rachel it was a break (laughs) yes yes very it was uh I was going to say it was like when LeBron went to Miami, but then LeBron like left Cleveland again. So it would be the, 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 the analogy doesn't quite work, but well, it's, we don't it's know. Similar. We don't know. Like for, for all we know, USA could be like, fuck you guys. And WWE will have to find a new home for raw. Yeah. But we yeah. shall find out who knows. WWE might sell at that point, but moving on, uh, speaking of which, you know, so WWE has been, you know, letting go a lot of talent this past couple of years. 
uh, you know, leaving us like, you know, scratching our heads. This one definitely has me scratching my head. So Adam Cole, not released, but is now, as of today, officially a free agent. They did not sign him. Uh, the contract is up as of Friday, which is today. Our recording date on Friday says our loyal listeners know. Should AEW scoop him up right away uh, because he doesn't have a, a no compete clause? But you know, you hear a lot of the rumblings out there, like, oh, another another WWE guy coming to AEW. I want to hear but your thoughts on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my two cents afterwards. But he's not. This isn't like this is a little different than I guess like you know in the 90s when guys were hopping back and forth between Raw and Nitro or the the what I think people are implying when they say that is like in the mid to late 2000s and the 2010s when like every time WWE would let somebody go TNA would just be like what you worked for WWE like hop over here it's not the same thing Adam Cole not the same thing Adam Cole was in the Bullet Club which was one of the like three or four like very specific like founding things that led to AEW he has prior history with he's a long history with the Young Bucks he has a long history he has a history with Kenny Omega you got Britt Baker uh, there. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Uh, I was rewatching uh, All In, which was the s- pseudo first like AEW pay per view. And she came out to his like old theme the- when I was watching it the other day. And like, oh, that's uh, dope. yeah. I mean, it would make a lot of sense, right? That like you would want to be, is that, are they married or are they just a couple? I, th- I think they're engaged. Yeah. So, I mean, it would, it would make sense to, to want to, uh, be with your uh, significant other and right I mean to me I think it's like a honestly like a I'd say that there's like a 60% chance he winds up in AEW and a 40% chance he winds up back in WWE maybe even 55 45 and I just give AEW that that edge because a you know he has Brit there and he has a lot of friends there although the friends thing is a little overrated because he probably has friends that work for wwe too of course but he I got friends that work for wwe i i think honestly though if he was going to uh be at wwe we would have seen him smackdown tonight uh i think news would have broken that he would sign a contract he was apparently offered a million dollar contract or something like that yeah. something absurd and no dice no dice yeah so adam cole clearly Feels like he did what he had to do in NXT and WWE and time to move on. You know, AEW, New Japan, uh, Impact even stepping up their game. I think AEW makes the most sense. Now, here are my, here's my two cents basically about this whole, you know, AEW picking up so many WWE guys. Listen, Adam Cole, you know, picture Aaron Rodgers being a free agent, right? You know, and, and say, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a quarterback hungry team. You know, but yeah, hey, I already have a few Packers on my team, though. Do I really want to add another one? It's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Of course exactly. you're going to do it. Adam Cole is on that level. It's Adam Cole, baby, the leader yeah. of the Undisputed Era. You know, the, the he made so much noise when he came to NXT. One of the hottest factions going, one of the hottest stars going, still relatively young, uh, can really fucking go. One of the top names out there, the top free agent, and I don't... Um, well, you know, Bray Wyatt's probably on that level too, but like one, two punch right there. I would sign them both. Yeah. I would absolutely sign them both. You know, Bray Wyatt could probably do well in impact because uh, you know, that, that fits with his mold, but you know, Adam Cole, the AEW, no brainer, no brainer. He fits. Yeah. He, he definitely fits a lot more over there. I think you do a lot of great things over there. The rivalries, the setup, uh, the creative freedom. It, it just, uh, 
you have to do it. It just makes so much sense, especially, like I said, when you consider his histories with them. If anybody's a freaking fan of being the elite, they they killed Adam Cole on being the elite. Uh, he, yeah, and I just imagined him, with the exception of like AJ Styles, like almost all of these guys that are like the indie guys that wouldn't seemingly fit in Vince McMahon's system, it feels like they have, like, he could he could look at AJ Styles and be like I could be that, or he could look at Finn Balor, who's had a nice career, but I don't think he's necessarily like injury prone. He's had injuries. Injuries killed him. He's had injuries, but I think that he's also had like a bit of a glass ceiling, and maybe it's because of the injuries. It's because of the injuries. I I personally think so. I think the injuries really hurt him, um, and like you know, it was it was pretty significant and in a pretty shitty timing for him. And I feel like WWE. Or at least Vince McMahon kind of like lost trust in him and kind of like that's why he kind of fizzled out. It was great to see him do his thing in NXT, really step up. And now, uh, now it looks like he's going to have some sort of rivalry going with Roman Reigns, which would be cool to see. But yeah, you know, we're going to lead up to our next topic in a little bit. But you know, I have to say, Adam Cole is the bigger winner here. No matter where he goes, he's going to fucking crush it. He's going to get, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid well. You know, he, he has a huge fan base. I think wherever he goes, people will follow. He does. And that's why I think that there's a part of him that might be like, wherever I go, I can, I can be successful regardless. Obviously him and Brit, like it's not like they've been on the verge of breaking up, like not working together. No, they, you know, they've made it, made it work for however long. And I mean, it's, it's a tough thing because I don't want to get my hopes up. As, as somebody who is much preferred AEW and could see a spot for him, the idea of him going there excites the shit out of me. But I also it just don't makes, it makes the most, it makes the most sense though. It does. If you really if you it, really think about everything, like AEW is the hot show right now, man. People want to go. Workers want to go there. And this is going to lead me to my next point right now for uh, next segment of the news. Big announcement here from WWE: No more indie talent. Word is that it's being said AEW. This this is actually a direct quote right here. AEW can have all the indie talent to themselves. Is a quote by WWE officials. Uh, they're going to be going by looks in terms of scouting. Uh, they're going to have their own power plant with you know the performance center. So you're going to get a lot of Bill Goldberg's probably. How much of an impact do you think it's going to have on both WWE and AEW going forward? Uh, I think it's going to have a huge impact, and I think we've seen a version of this before in. You know, in like 2002, 2003, 2004, you had like WWE had this influx of the Ohio Valley guys, most famously Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Randy Orton. You know what? That's uh, a good point. I, I, I should probably eat. I'm eating my words right now with the whole Bill Goldberg comment because, you know, that was WCW. You know, w, you're right. They had this go before at, um, at OVW and the list of names you just rattled off there. Hall of Famers. But here's the thing, though. We're going to be thing. Hall of Famers. They they. I think, uh, are any of them? Oh, I guess Batista's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, Batista's like, Hall of Famer. Like a yeah. literal Hall of Famer. I mean, all those guys, of course. They're, they're going to be first ballot, for sure. And But here's the thing, though, is that they had that generation of like, those guys. They also had like, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. And, like, well, Shelton, they, Shelton Benjamin, a hell of a career, though. Yeah, like, like there's they had like this influx of people from like 2002 and 2003 that was like overall like maybe there was a few that weren't that great but like overall were like amazing and like changed the face of that company and i think that 
after that, that became the model. It was like, we need to have more guys like that. And that's where you lead to like, like they had that wave that was great, but then they had this, the, the next wave that was the, you know, and Lashley is like great now, but I don't think that Lashley, like- Took a while at, for it Lashley. It took quite a while. Uh, and guys like Kennedy and Carlito and a lot of these guys that were like good, but didn't really necessarily like work out as much as you would have hoped. And then they had the next generation that was almost like the, and this is what I think of when, when, when I hear what's, what's happening with, with NXT now is that it's like, oh, you just want it to be like FCW. You just want a bunch of like Ted DiBiase's and I mean, Cody, like obviously worked out great now. Uh, maybe he wouldn't be like the, the best one. I'm thinking more guys like Ezekiel Jackson and like these sort of like generic guys that they're hoping will be the next like John Cena and they want guys that are going to, it feels like they're they're on track for guys that kind of like all look the same and all sort of cut the same promos and all sort of have and the same feel. wrestle the same, yada, yada. And their calculation is if they sort of focus on like that like type of wrestler that sort of generic thing if, if we just make that our pool what's going to eventually like we'll eventually find the next roman reigns we'll eventually find the next john cena you know we'll it's crazy find- it's crazy about this what we're talking about though sorry to cut you off but like yep. you know braun Strowman is the greatest example of that modern day person what wwe has been doing the guy that had no wrestling experience no work in the indies at all he just they want based off uh the look completely he, he fits that look very successful very successful in wwe uh turn it right around then i don't think he really had a lot of time in nxt before he went to the main roster no, and just no, absolutely no, no. crushed it and was actually won the wwe championship Won a major title at WrestleMania, lost it a couple months later, and then boom, released. Yeah, uh, and like the like he's, I, I mean, that's the weirdest one still that, to that, me, right? That's the weirdest one. Like it, he fits that new model that they have or that they that they want to go with. And like there, there are still some some like signs of hope for this, especially like when you consider like the women's division, like there's a few there obviously like oscar's the greatest example of like the nxt model of like they made their name elsewhere and they sort of were like brought in and rebranded with this wwe coat of paint or whatever but like charlotte sasha uh bailey i think i think becky had some experience before but like not enough like like she she became what she became like in nxt um you know, and like now, like the greatest, greatest example of it is Bianca Belair, who had no wrestling experience prior, and they turned her into this like huge star. Um, I don't even think she was like a fan of it growing up and stuff. Like, like that—that that is like that is what they're hoping for. They're hoping that if we just focus on this like one sort of generic model, we will eventually find the next. Roman Reigns or the next Bianca Belair or the next person that will be the the generic type of like WWE superstar that like is kind of who Vince McMahon's always always really wanted who uh not just him either just like I would say that the the culture of WWE in terms like corporately like that's that's what they see you know they're still in the mindset of like Hulk 
the the sort of like the Hulk Hogan model of like that's 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 who it is like the big strong sort of like guys that you can put on like a an advertisement and sell action figures of and that's who they want. You know, it's and, weird though. Like, I I just feel like because they have done well with indie talent before. You know, look yeah. at Kevin Owens, look at CM Punk, look at Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan, AJ Daniel Styles. Bryan, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. It just is weird to me that like Adam like Cole, like I who we just mentioned before who we talked yeah. about. It just seems weird to 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 be like we're only going to do this one one model and like I said Seth it, Rollins it was, too is no like the list goes on like there the whole there a lot of indie former indie guys right now currently in WWE um so I I, I don't know I don't know why the switch all of a sudden like I don't know if something happened or or what uh I know they retired the leg slap thing at one point I I, I just don't get it because. I, I've worked at Indies for the last, what, three years? And let me tell you, man, just in working in New York in the tri-state area, there's a lot of great talent. I'm going to throw a guy out there. I'm going to break kayfabe real, real fast here, if you mind. Uh, Darius Carter, someone I usually feud with at BCW, phenomenal talent. That dude comes right to mind. That guy should have been signed fucking yesterday. Yeah. And, and the fact that someone like that has a door closed from WWE fucking sucks. Thankfully, there are other promotions out there like AEW that could benefit from this, though. Like, I, th- I feel like this is a huge win for AEW uh, because, again, like, I'm just talking from a New York level. But, you know, you look the whole country here in the United States, yes. you, look, you open up to the rest of the world. A lot of phenomenal wrestlers out there that work in indie levels and like back in the territory days. Like, I, I feel like WWE is like blindly closing the door for no reason. You could do both. Yeah, it is it's possible to do both, have a balance. Like, you know, hey, you know, let's not completely close the door into indie talent because there's a lot of good talent out there. But at the same time, yeah, let, let's, let's, we've had success building homegrown stars. Uh, you know, we have some the best coaches in the world. We can do both. We have the resources. Yeah. It's, uh, and I was going to say another, another great one. Uh, I was at a show in when I was in the Bay Area a few weeks ago. Uh, a guy like Matt Justice, uh, who it's crazy that I like saw him on a show there and then I found out recently he's wrestling a show here and I'm just like it's and it's like this this is this is one of like however many guys that are just like that that just it just it just is crazy to me that like WWE is so set on like we need to go back to the way things were in 2010 because NXT was literally a reaction to that of being like hey we're like producing these guys that are like coming to the main roster and just are fading out or just not ready it just it just to close to close the door on that and and i understand that their their calculation wb's calculation is literally like we're just going to be different we have we're going to like like separate ourselves from all of these other companies here but it just feels like it's gonna i mean i don't know if it's the, the i'm sure they'll they'll be fine i don't think this is going to like put them out of business but five ten years down the road i don't know how much this is going to help them no i i don't i don't like, this is not necessarily a move that's gonna you know put them immediately out of business I, I think this is a big move that we're going to look back on you're right from five ten years from now it'll look like oh this is the reason why they're in the position there today because you know you're you're basically allowing your competition to gain more firepower to gain a lot of steam yeah. because like, guess what like 
I, I keep on going to AEW, but the same could be said about Impact. The same could be said about MLW. Like, the same could be said about anything. But AEW is, I would say, is the the, the closest thing that WWE has to direct competition. Yes. Uh, but the fact is, AEW is they they they've opened the forbidden doors to multiple companies right now. They're working collaboratively with all these other promotions and they're doing it well. They, they just opened that WWE just opened the door for them to get like crushed. Yeah, crushed what, what in the I, future. What I just imagine is like in a few years when WWE's like TV deals are up, when say they do sell, say they sell to NBC and NBC is like we're moving everything in in house, or they sell to Disney or whoever, and these other show these other networks are going to be looking. And what happens when you have like a fucking network executive who watches AEW and is like these matches are like fun and exciting and cool and i watch this these wwe matches and they're just like lame and boring this is what happened this is what happened in the 90s right like wcw like took off because of the nwl absolutely but it didn't hurt that they had like just like an insanely wwf had like the the bushwhackers and i don't know who was there in like the mid 90s that'd be like the version of that they had the the hog the hog guys whatever right and WWE had yeah yeah the fucking goblins exactly and then they they had them in tag team matches against whoever on on one channel on the other channel you had ray mysterio and dean malenko (laughs) you know you had chris jericho and uh eddie guerrero i mean think about think about how much talent how many guys that are like exist outside of like the generic like wwe type that have been successful and they're just wwe is literally just saying like nope we don't want that we want one guy we either want a roman reigns or we want a bianca belair and those guys are great uh, especially Roman, but I just think that that like that tunnel vision is going to wind up hurting them. But look how long look how long it took Roman to be great. Like there yeah. were, WWE was like force feeding Roman to be something that he's not for so long because they were just so stubborn. They were trying to push their agenda, and finally, like I think it was Roman's call actually. Like, hey man, just, all right, let's just turn me heel and crushing it, crushing it. They they, they finally listened. To what everyone's been saying for so long, hey, th- this is not working with Roman Reigns. You have to turn him heel, and like we're, he's like enjoying himself. You could tell, like he's having a good time out there. He's very natural what he does in this role. Like I, I feel like WWE needs to do that with more people because it just oh god, I'm gonna go here. We're we're kind of blending into TV right now, but. Uh, watching SmackDown with Becky Lynch, it's very clear that, you know, Becky Lynch, she, it was her call, actually. She wants to be heel. I feel like that's just not her. She was inspired by Roman Reigns by, by his heel turn uh, when he returned back from uh, from his bout with leukemia. But, you know, Becky Lynch, she's trying too hard from what I'm telling right from SmackDown. It's just, it's not her. I think fans are going to cheer her. She's a natural face. It's, it's weird. I mean, but well, I think the Becky thing is, is an interesting one too, because this is how her popularity like initially started, right? Was that WWE was like, no, she's a fucking heel. And the crowd was just like, no, she's not. We love her. Um, But, but I, it was more, she was more edgy. She was like a stone cold, like, and that's, that's why I could see her being again, you know, it's probably going to get her more over 
she's got to do something completely drastic, completely drastic for her yeah. to be healed. And it's gonna be it, it's gonna be an interesting thing to to watch that specific situation because yes, I don't. I think that the, we're gonna have a situation where the fans are gonna wind up more likely cheering her and booing Bianca because I don't think the fans have quite the same relationship with Bianca. I th- I, I, I see that Becky. same thing happening. I see that same thing happening, Matt. And you know that'll probably lead to a lot of discussion amongst people on the internet and stuff of the fans choosing one particular person over the other but it's just it's the way it is and it's like it's a weird it, it, it's it's a weird part of like the era that we're in wrestling wise is you know it's like fans they if you're a certain type of baby face like they don't want you they get sick of you they're just like fuck off and then when you finally give them that and you say, all right, fine, we'll let you like boo this person. The fans are just like, we love you. You know, I'm actually surprised that that hasn't happened with Roman yet. Um, because you know, it is, I, I'm surprised too, but at the same time, I'm not because Roman's actually just so damn good at what he does that like, he will still find a way to get you to boo him, even though he's so good at what he does, like he'll, he'll work you. He he know, he gets the psychology of it, and plus, I I think it also helps the fact that he has Paul Heyman on his side because Paul Heyman, just a mastermind of this business. Yeah. Uh, I think Paul Heyman, uh, behind the scenes, is more instrumental to Roman Reigns' career right now as opposed to being an on on stage character. Definitely working out very well for him. But you know, so, uh, going back about the like you know whole AEW thing, I and uh, we'll move on to TV afterwards. I think the biggest thing with AEW why they're doing so well and while they continue to do well if they're going to take on more indie stars uh is because they have a very good blend of the former wwe guys and gals uh because i think ruby soho is obviously going to be the next one going over there uh you know a lot of mix of people that worked wwe worked that system they know what worked they know what didn't and they could help these new young talent which we're seeing right now but people like orange cassidy mjf darby allen you know, these stars, uh, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, like the names go on of these people that were, no one really knew who they were beforehand. Now everyone knows who they are. And I, you know, if they're going to bring on more indie talent into that level to, uh, to build future stars, you need that mix of the vets and the new guys. And I think Tony Khan, AEW, they're doing a very good job at that. Yeah. And I actually like this, when I read that indie thing, like I was excited for AEW, no doubt, but I was also like kind of excited for companies like, yeah, like Impact, like Ring of Honor, like NWA, like a lot of these like smaller. Uh, it, yeah, know, it, Impact's got the same thing. They have a similar type of dyna- dynamic. They have, you know, to- uh, Tommy Dreamer there. They have Christian back as a world champ. Uh, they had Jazz at one point that was uh, hanging out. Mickey James coming back over there. Uh, Chelsea Green coming over from WWE, yeah. Matt Ryder, uh, I mean, Matt Stryker, uh, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, yeah. Uh, yeah. But then they also have, like, you know, this new ta- newer talent, these younger talent, like Chris Bay, uh, Trey Miguel, yes. um, you know, and, and so forth. Did I tell correctly that Chris Bay was, like, he's, like, in the Bullet Club now? Yes, he is. Yeah. I was like, oh. First off, I was like, oh, the bolt clip's like still going. Good. Uh Chris Bay is phenomenal, bro. If if you no one has watched Chris Bay yet, I have to say at Impact, 
you need to watch this dude so fucking good. Yeah. No, he's great. I'm I if I were AEW, I would be working on some sort of like a talent exchange to get because this is like one of my my things now with with AEW, and we could maybe talk more about it with the TV with the TV time. Is that like I'm also happy for them because I, I remember watching like the early days of AEW. It was not like terrible, but there was a lot of guys that like clearly were as green as goose shit on that show, for lack of a better term. No offense to them. You know, AEW, they just, they had to roll with, with who they had. And now they might be in a position where they almost have to like turn down like really talented, great. Right. I mean, indie that, talent because that, there's only so good, much TV time. That's a good point. That's a very good point. There's, there's only so much TV time that they have. I mean, hell, I mean, we're recording right now while AEW Rampage is going on. They have a new program out there on Friday nights. It's an hour or two hours. I forget. It is an hour. It's an it hour. It's an hour. I, uh. I know a little something about that show. I may or may not have seen one recently. Well, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But AEW Rampage, I mean, they, they're having more content out there, AEW, slowly but surely. I, I think eventually they may have to get um, they may have to get AEW Rampage onto two hours, maybe change the time slot. Uh, but, you know, I have to say, for as much talent as they have, they're utilizing the talent very well. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're, they're, they're kind of doing it the way how WWE in the 90s did it in the Attitude Era. You know, with the factions, with the interviews, with you know a whole bunch of different things they have going on there, and making it all count. So kudos to them. Uh, with that being said, though, Kevin, we I'm looking at the time. We do have to go into TV takedown. So Kevin, I don't know how much of the show you've seen or not. You're the guest here. You're my guest of honor here at Shot of Wrestling. I'm gonna let you start off here. What was your TV takedown for the week? My TV takedown of the week would probably be honestly would be the watching SmackDown. The, the whole storyline that they have going with Roman and the, you know, the fam, what's it, the family legacy, the, the bloodline, tribal, the bloodline, the, the bloodline. They have a, they have a new shirt. That's cool. It might be the this, first. No, w- I was thinking that too. That shirt was so fucking cool. That might be the first like WWE shirt I buy in quite a while. Um, no, just watching the whole way everything's playing out with like payment and with bloodline and, you know, the, the sort of like the shadowing, the shadowy presence of Brock Lesnar just sort of hanging over the show. I like that they didn't just immediately bring him back. They they brought back that tease and now they're going to kind of let it like sit in the bed. It's almost the equivalent of like in Marvel when you have like the post credit scene with Brock showing up as Thanos and just being like, I'm here now. <laughs> and right. now they're going to kind of let well it. Said. They're, it's going to like kind of sit in the back of everybody's minds and it'll kind of go away chances are they'll they'll have that match in saudi arabia or at survivor series would be cool survivor series would be very cool because it would uh be at the barclays and i've literally seen every brock lesnar roman reigns match that's happened on u.s soil so i would get to see another one that would be Uh, very cool plus i feel like if it happens in survivor series it will be 50 50 as far as like who will win i feel like if it happens in saudi arabia I think it heavily favors Brock Lesnar because the sense that we've been getting is that the booking is pretty much whatever the Prince wants. So I feel yes. like the Prince heavily leans towards the older WWE guys. So I, I feel like Brock Lesnar would win that one. Well, I just, uh, going back to TV this week, they did this whole thing where they had Paul Heyman like waiting outside of Roman's locker yeah. room and they have Paul Heyman being like, yes, my tribal chief. And like the way that, like I'm just fascinated in where the storyline was going because you have like Paul did you Heyman. believe Paul Heyman 
when he was talking to Usos, do you, do you believe that he he had no idea? Brock Lesnar- Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Like, how long have we been watching Paul Heyman? I remember watching Paul Heyman turn on CM Punk. I remember watching Paul Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar back in the day. And, but that's the thing, though, right? Is It's, it's a little weird because then it would be like if Heyman turns on Roman, it's a it's like a weird face turn for him. And then, like, I don't We've know. We've seen I'm... it happen in a way, though. We've seen Paul Heyman kind of be face like with Brock Lesnar fairly recently, even. It's um, just, it's, it's weird, little, though. It's a little weird to, to have Heyman acting like such a, for lack of a better term, like a cuck around Roman, just being, yes, yes, yeah. And like the way that he's so kind of subservient and just sort of like small and, and squeamish and stuff. I'm just like, there's something here. This is that them making clearly they're going to make like Paul Heyman almost like the protagonist of this of whatever the story is going to be. And like I'm all for it. I have no idea. I don't want to even start the fantasy book. I'm just sort of like, I want to see how all this plays out. I'm sure that like Paul Heyman has like a fairly large amount of input within this story. Oh, totally. Uh, and despite what other people will, will say, I think that Paul Heyman is still a genius. and Anything that he touches creatively is going to be like. The, awesome. This this is why I'm so stoked about this, because, you know, we, we've seen Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar before and, you know, pretty decent matches, um, you know, not necessarily matches of the year, I don't think, but, you know, decent enough. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, especially now, you know, with Roman's new character, Brock Lesnar coming back as a face. The whole Paul Heyman dynamic here really, really intrigues me. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to see here, to see how this all plays out. Like, honestly, at one point tonight in SmackDown, I really thought that the Usos uh, in the middle of that ring were going to just attack Paul Heyman from behind and Roman Reigns was going to just let it happen. I, I really thought it was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, no, I could see that. It would be a weird thing because it's like everyone is everyone for forever fantasy booked that Paul Heyman would turn on Roman or not turn on Roman. He would turn on Brock and join Roman. That was the fucking fantasy booking that they had. And it happened for years. And it like kind of happened, but it's happening in this way that I don't think people necessarily expected as much. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I also was, uh, was rewatching some of the, the, the footage from when, after Roman won the Royal Rumble, that's a really hard thing to say. In uh, in 2015, he had that interview where with Brock and with Heyman, where Heyman's talking about how much he loves Roman's family and yes. how much he respects him. It's this weird, like it all. It really like it like it, in a way like foreshadows where we are now. And I it totally did. Like, it totally did. That's why I always kind of thought maybe like one day down the line, I think I was always, I was actually one of the ones that were saying, I think Paul Heyman's eventually going to wind up with the Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, because of that promo alone. And it, it did come up a couple other times in other promos throughout the years about Paul Heyman talking about the family, about the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, they've been sort of like intertwined now for years and years. And like long form was... so- storytelling at its best. It's something WWE hasn't done yes. in a long time, but th- this is, very very good and that that's the part of it that kind of excites me and that's why i'm like however this plays out like i'm i'm excited i'm sure that like if brock winds up being roman people online are gonna freaking complain but it would make sense though if anyone if anyone could beat roman reigns it is brock lesnar and i know a lot of people want biggie to win it i do too but you know what like 
honestly putting like you know the results aside here just i want a compelling story and right now this is what we're getting in i I feel like brock lesnar him winning would make sense and i don't think it ends the story there i it it almost reminds me of the brock lesnar goldberg story but in reverse it's it's brock is playing goldberg at this time oh yeah everybody is everybody's watching it everybody's like uh come on of course freaking brock's gonna lose because he's the old and the next thing you know like like he fucking wins and everyone's just like whoa what i don't know what i don't know what the fuck just happened but i'm going to like watch this thing to, to see how it plays out and eventually it winds up getting roman over more i think it also it totally will it totally will this has to make roman look even better than what he is now if, if you could even imagine that and i think it, it, this is also going to lead to Roman being taken away from from uh or uh, yeah Roman getting Roman and Haman splitting and Roman getting to kind of do his thing on his own because I think that like I think he's ready to do that now man like like I think that Haman was great to have him around especially early on to to indicate to like the audience when the super when the what was it? The Thunderdome, the Silverdome, the, the Thunderdome, yeah. The thun the Thunderdome. God, they they missed a chance to call it the Silverdome. Hulk Hogan <laughs> jokes galore there. Um, That's funny. the the Thunderdome that they they needed Heyman there to tell the audience like Roman's a heel now. And yeah. now I don't think they necessarily need that. No, they don't. They don't. Paul Heyman, if you think about it, like you know, Paul Heyman really hasn't done a lot on the mic for Roman Reigns this whole yeah. time. I mean, I feel like SmackDown uh, tonight was like probably the most mic time Paul Heyman's got with yeah, Roman Reigns. It, it, to be honest, like since the start, like it, it seemed like a layup, and it's it's always been kind of like a weird fit between them. Yeah, because you know what, Roman Reigns wasn't really known as a talker. He wasn't really known for his mic skills. You know, we, you know, we think back to suckering Suckertash and, like, you know, leaving tall buildings. And, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the, the shit that he would say was like, oh, my God, this is some corny-ass shit. Or when he forgot his lines against John Cena. Like, that's the stu- type of stuff that we think of. But Roman Reigns, like, has grown phenomenally well on the mic and because he's not being scripted. Yeah. As we found yeah. out recently, he's not being scripted. So, like... You know, he doesn't really need Paul Heyman right now. Um, I don't necessarily know if they do get rid of him with that because, you know, I, I think they are still planning for Roman Reigns versus The Rock for WrestleMania. And, you know, having Paul Heyman, it's that dynamic there would be very interesting. So, I don't know. We shall see. I, this, yeah. this is a very intriguing storyline. But, Kevin, my takedown for the week, and it's actually going to lead to you, CM Punk's promo. On Dynamite. Seeing him on Dynamite Wednesday night was awesome. Uh, it, it's, you know, saw him at Rampage the Friday night, saw the debut. Uh, I, I saw clips of it afterwards because I was on set that night. But, you know, it, it's still crazy to see him in the middle of the ring, see him on TV, and it's not WWE. Um, you know, he owns the fans. Plain and simple, he owns the fans. He still knows how to cut a promo, an excellent promo. After all these years, he puts the fans over. I'm going to break down the promo right here because, you know, it's something that that I uh, was taught how to do uh, in the indie scene. And I was really studying CM Punk here because, like, you know, he, he does every single job that you're supposed to do in a promo. He puts the fans over. Then he puts Darby Allen over. He does a phenomenal job putting Darby Allen over. And uh, then, of course, you know, he puts himself over as well. And, you know, CM Punk, of course, puts himself over probably better than anyone. 
but then he also gives these little nuggets for the fans because I feel like he he does this better than anyone else as far as his ad libs and as far as like how he reacts off the fans. It's so organic, it's so natural. I feel like no one else can really do it as well as he does, and how he pivots so fast, but then goes right back to the points. Like the whole Darby Allen thing is like someone, a fan actually shouted out about Darby Allen, and CM Punk looked at him and goes, "Well, this guy was right." And it goes right into it about the other about the other wrestlers that brought him back, and Darby Allen being his next opponent, on September fifth talks about that. Uh, but then gives a little nuggets about uh, about Brian Danielson. You know, yep. we we heard that. Um, Got to get used to calling him Brian Danielson too, right? And then give a little nugget about you know his wife, even you know AJ. And I feel like people are overlooking this. It's it's easy to do. You know, oh, it's a cute moment. You know, he's giving a shout out to his wife. I feel like CM Punk, he's so smart. Everything that do, that dude does and says is for a reason. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that's just like a throwaway thing there. The way he did it and why he did it, I, I have a feeling there might be a little something more to that. I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we do see AJ back in a, in a wrestling ring for AEW. We shall see. Either way, yeah. awesome promo. The way he did it was fucking phenomenal. Uh, I, I am so happy that CM Punk is back in wrestling. I know, Putty, I know you're listening to me right now. You're saying, fuck you, Mark. Um, but listen, my time now. You decide to take a vacation. So I'm going to talk <laughs> about CM Punk. And because, like, you know, it, it, he's the hottest ticket right now after so long not being in wrestling. It still blows my mind to see. And then going to you, Kevin, you got to see his return live in Chicago as you're wearing the shirt. Let's talk about this, man. Like, oh man, dude, you've been to quite a bit few, few wrestling shows as a fan, as a worker. What was that environment like, dude? I mean, I will say it wasn't even just the arena. I remember, uh, you know, I I got lunch that day and I was wearing a like a, a wrestling shirt. I think I was wearing a CM Punk shirt, and this like this woman making my sandwiches, who was this like old midwestern woman who just like looked like something out of like a john hughes movie it was like but i'm not even gonna try to do the midwestern accent but she was like she was just like yeah cm punk he's coming back tonight and i'm just like oh <laughs> like yeah he is and then i went to a cubs game after that which if you ever get a chance to go to wrigley field even amazing a place baseball fan oh, there. awesome not even a baseball awesome. fan but amazing stadium oh it's it's tremendous and they they briefly played CM Punk the CM Punk's theme called the personality, uh, and there was like a CM Punk chant that broke out. There was this energy oh, in man. the city that the only thing I can describe it uh, similar to is like being in the city that WrestleMania is in on like a WrestleMania Sunday, and even then maybe like if you if if when I went to WrestleMania in New Orleans, the two times that they did it, there was this like really like fun, cool, exciting energy that, that you felt. And that's the only thing I can compare to punk to, to, to last week's like rampage. And even then, like, I don't know if that, that even compares to it. Um, it was great being there like live and in person was, was awesome. You know, they had the, the, the clips of the, the people who were like crying and people were like, giving them shit online. Were you crying? It's, like, but uh, I got a little emotional because the guy next to me was crying. And it's just like, I can't help. And it's like, I, and I get it. It's like we, we societally with 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 the pandemic and everything, we've been through a lot of shit. Yeah, totally. to have just to, to have just like a moment of joy like that. It was just so 
nice and exciting to see him back. Like I never thought we were going to fucking see him back. No, so many other people didn't. Even uh, with all the rumors, and it, it seems like it was like ninety percent sure that this was going to happen. I still was like the ten percent, like ah, you know, maybe it's not. <laughs> can, can i you say know? like i am actually kind of there, there's been i've seen some discussion of people saying no that should have been like a surprise you know how much fun it's been this whole summer just like speculating that if he's gonna come or not you know i think i've texted you a few times i've been like the general subject has just been like what if he comes or oh i think he's gonna come like just the, the speculation of it almost was more enjoyable because it just drove so much like conversation and totally thought and all this other stuff that like is stuff that I enjoy being like a wrestling fan. In. And again, when you can go to a freaking sandwich spot in Chicago and some like lovely, nice old Midwestern lady is making your sandwich and like, Oh, She's CM Punk's coming CM Punk. tonight. Like, it's just like, wow, like this is really like, this is, this is some and it's and yeah and like him him being back i could go on about like the meaning of him being back and how like in a lot of ways like the like the the pipe bomb itself was like a foreshadowing of like what AEW you know what you would have hoped some other company would have been that AEW like is uh mm. it, it, i could go on all day about it but it just i feel very happy to have had the chance to do it it was a, a, a personal trip for me. It was great. I'm not even going to get into all the goddamn travel issues that I had. It was, it was sure. all worth it. It was all it was all worth it. Being there uh, was special. It, that's the only way I can describe it. It was really, it was fucking special. Now, Chicago, one of my favorite cities. Uh, one of the best cities, actually, uh, that, that I've been to. Fun times over there. Great energy. It's funny you you mentioned this about you know going to WrestleMania cities and you know the energy you talk about and I I, I went to WrestleMania in New York and and I felt that it was like this is great energy right now like you know everyone here is here for WrestleMania a lot a lot of diehard wrestling fans but it's WrestleMania that's the Super Bowl for wrestling and now you're what you're talking about the environment that you're talking about same type of energy it seems like for AEW Rampage. A one-hour show on a Friday night that is on in a weird hour, ten o'clock on a Friday night. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it compares to WrestleMania. Just like let that sink in for a moment. Think about that. WWE has been going on for decades. AEW going into the third year. Yeah, on a brand new show and it has a similar type of energy. Yeah, that's, no, that's wild. It's, it's and it's crazy to think. Yeah, like two years ago, Dynamite hadn't even like started yet. They had one. I think they had two shows by by that point. Um, like two official shows, if you don't include All In, which itself, like I, I went to that too, and like that was special. I've been to WrestleManias. It just was different. It was it was just like this unique, like once once in a lifetime kind of vibe and. I'm just happy that I'm able to to experience that, and I'm happy that there's a company like AEW that 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 you can have that. Did you have an ice cream bar? Oh, dude. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had an ice cream bar. I also was able to like get the shirt with like the quickness. Like I, he wasn't even done with his promo, and I just like 
went to the fucking merch table. He kind of like finished what I think was like the meat of the promo. And I just went to the merch table and there was like maybe 20 people in front of me in line. And I was like, Oh wow, it's kind of a long line. And then I looked behind me like a minute later and the line just goes as far as the eye can see, literally as far as the eye can see. It was just like, what the, f-? there was like a thousand people behind me, like in, in, in a minute. Um, and that was the thing too. And just like, like talking to people after the show and stuff like that, there were CM Punk chants, like in the fucking parking lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to like, I didn't get to see the, like the Monday night wars. I was like too young for it. And you I really? felt like, how old are you? <laughs> uh, 32 but like like i like i got to see like the end of it right i got to see uh i started watching wwf in like late 99 so like got it. i got okay. to see like a little bit but i didn't understand what was going on and i and my whole wrestling fandom has been like god i wish i could have like lived through something like that and now i'm kind of like oh okay this is what this is what you know for years i hoped that tna like i don't want like aw to like be the number one company i want like multiple companies i want multiple visions i want multiple uh different you know if vince mcmahon is over here saying a wrestler needs to be this and AEW is over here saying a wrestler can be something else i am happy that like you can have that dichotomy and be able to go back and forth about it instead of just dismissing one or the other i want the best product from each one exactly you know and i i want if aw is pushing wwe do these things that we're now we're circling back here to what we're originally talking about from the first new segment about you know forcing wwe to do, do certain moves like you know bring back brock lesnar bring back Becky lynch yada yada if, if aw is forcing wwe's hand to do certain stuff then i think that's great i think that's great you know wwe was its very best the min uh, the monday night wars were awesome I was watching that, and the reason why they were so good is because, like, they were both pushing each other to give their very best. Yes. A competition is great. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like WWE not – they keep saying they don't view AEW's competition. I think that's a mistake. But with that being said, Kevin, that's all really the time we have for today, man. I could talk wrestling with you all day long. Do you have any go-home thoughts for us? No, just thank you for having me on. Uh, we we've talked about having this uh, for a while. I, I should I should make a note that uh, my friend uh, Scott Yeager uh, recently had this idea. Uh, he has a podcast called the Shot of Yeager Podcast, and uh, he ah. was like, "I think I'm going to make a wrestling version of it and call it the Shot of Wrestling Podcast." And I had to be like, uh, <laughs> "Oh, hey, hey, man!" So fun story about that. Um, so yeah, so shout out to him and you're welcome for, to him for buying him his goddamn CM puncture last week. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just a uh, shout out to him and just a funny, a funny note about the name, me protecting the sanctity of the name of this podcast. Thank you. We appreciate you, Kevin. Like, you, you know, know we, someone's gotta do it. Hell, we were ranked number 15. I think what was it? Number 15 uh top wrestling podcasts recently yes. so uh you Beautiful. know we're doing something well here i think we're, we're building a brand pretty well here uh hell I, you know i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it it's because of me let's <laughs> let's <laughs> applause for mark schwan your favorite actor the hollywood assassin oh, here taking over for michael j putty 
You can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com soon, very soon, actually. I'm talking within the next week or two. A new yourfavoriteactor.com website will be up with Shot of Wrestling exclusive on there. Shot of Wrestling podcast. Shot of Wrestling, the YouTube page with Hollywood's Corner will be on yourfavoriteactor.com. So that should be happening within the next couple of weeks. Very excited for it. I'm looking at the website right now. Looks phenomenal. So uh, be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, for Kevin, for Mark Schwann, for Shot of Wrestling, for Michael J. Putty, who's sitting on his ass, shaking his head because we talked about CM Punk and AEW this whole show, Schwann is out.